Big Year Podcast contains adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Podcast is a recovery podcast about making this year your big year to embrace your freedom from alcohol and tear down the limits you put on yourself. Hey, what's a good word, motherfuckers? It's DB, Danny Bell, the best. Whatever the fuck you want to call me, it's Wednesday, February 15th. I'm 237 days without a drink from the date that I ditched the sauce, June 23rd, 2022. Uh, we got some good shit coming up for you after the fucked up story I told last week. Uh, I think I need to relax and do a nice episode about some of the benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. So stick around for that in the reflections part of the episode. Um, we got some interesting news to discuss here in a second. And also, of course, uh, towards the end of the episode, we'll be doing my favorite part of the episode, which is always, uh, dear Danny, I love fucking just giving crazy advice, um, bad advice to people who are trying to quit drinking or have already quit drinking. Um, I'm kidding. Maybe it's not all that bad. I hope it's not all that bad. We'll find out. Anyways, you tell me. Um, But first, let me tell you what's been going on uh, this week, my week, an alcohol-free check-in with the motherfucking happiest man alive. Uh, I went for a hike Sunday up near the volcano Chimborazo here in Ecuador in search of a mystical forest uh, called the Polylepis Forest. Uh, called that because it's filled with polylepis trees. Uh, These trees are unique as they only grow at high altitudes and they are really fucking gnarly looking. Um, They grow sideways or diagonally all twisted up with paper thin bark. They're kind of this like bright orange reddish color. Um, They're just really fascinating to look at. So as usual, uh, I realized, wow, I'm in better shape than I thought I was because I haven't been drinking and because I've been exercising this year. The altitude on the hike was way more than 10,000 feet. I don't know, somewhere between 10,000, 11,000, maybe more actually. I... I'd have to look it up. You can see how tall Chimborazo is. Chimborazo is like 20,000 feet or something like that. Um, But we were kind of at like at the foot of Chimborazo, but still extremely high up. Anyways, I put in seven miles without even breaking a fucking sweat. Um, I did have some trouble on the way to the forest itself, uh, as I didn't realize the forest was high up amongst these rocks Uh, And the trail got really sketchy with some drop-offs. I basically freaked out in front of my wife, totally embarrassed myself, was whimpering like a baby trying to cross this wooden plank that was set over a chasm of sorts, like this fucking abyss below me. I'm really, really bad with heights, really bad with heights. I almost had a heart attack watching that movie The Fall. 
or no, not the fall or oh, it's some new movie where these girls are stranded up on this giant like radio tower or something. Um. Anyways, uh, they they were showing that on the bus the other day, and I almost had a heart attack. Yeah, we show movies on the bus here in Ecuador. It's great. Any kind of uh, movies. Uh, the most violent action movies, the most horrifying horror movies. There'd be kids watching this shit. You know, my favorite, they always show the Undisputed series, if you haven't seen that, um, with, I believe, Scott Atkins, who's like this mixed martial artist kind of guy, but uh, the fight scenes in that are so brutal. It's amazing. And they, they show that often on the bus down here in Ecuador. Uh, any any of them from that whole series so uh anyways it was all fucked up um the heights situation but i survived i've been forthright with my wife before about my fear of heights so she's kind of cool about that she does take the opportunity to mock me a little bit but mostly she's cool about it thank god um i got some ridiculously good photos from that experience and again, I couldn't do this stuff hungover, um, not at the level that I'm doing it now. I mean, there's seemingly no end to what I might be able to do with with my photos and um, some of the more strenuous hikes now that I have the energy of, uh, I don't know, what what hikes really well, what's super strong, like a, I have the energy of a goat, mountain goat. I have the energy of a mountain werewolf uh, anyways i've been a productive person lately um i put out a new music video this week i'm not going to plug it here because i want to keep these things separate um separate from the podcast why separate because uh, the old me used to make a lot of music about doing drugs and drinking in a positive light and I'm not trying to erase all those old songs from the internet but you can understand that maybe they don't mix with the message I'm giving here um, I finished a couple writing projects well at least to about 90% and that's pretty good I'm um, hoping I can knock them all the way out this week uh, yesterday I had a chill Valentine's Day with my wife um, it wasn't a big deal you know we she got me some chocolates, I think, and I took her out for a cheap lunch. Done, you know, that was it. She said she didn't want flowers. She seemed serious. I didn't get the flowers. I probably fucked that up. Um, sometimes people don't say what they mean, especially people with the vaginas. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but we spent quality time together. It was great. Each day with her, uh, without booze, we kind of keep on reaching new heights rather than back in the day. It was always new lows, you know what I mean? So that's been cool. Um, so that that's kind of what's been going on so far. How's your week? What's been going on in your alcohol-free life? What's been going on in your miserable alcohol-filled life? Uh, drop me a line at bigyearpodcast at gmail.com, and we can talk about it. But now we got to get into the news. Booze in the news. Booze in the news. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, basically, something happened in December that was kind of interesting. Um, and yeah, that's not news. But what is news is uh, there was an update on this last week after a month or so of kind of sweeping it under the rug. Okay, let me rewind. Uh, Dax Tahera, an ABC television producer, um, died around Christmas time. Okay, and this is a big deal in television circles. Um, not such a big deal in my circle. I don't really, you know, think this is all that interesting. Um, I didn't know the guy. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to talk about this story because uh, after a month or so of kind of sweeping it under the rug, they came out with uh, the cause of death. Uh, this TV producer, Mr. Uh, Tahera, died on a sidewalk from acute alcohol intoxication. Um, he choked to death on food, but alcohol was basically the cause of the choking, okay? It's hard to get the exact details, but basically, I, I believe he fell out drunk and then choked to death. Um, 37 years old. 37 motherfucking years old. It's young, man. It's young. A little bit younger than me. Not by much. But a little bit younger than me. Um, it's made it international news, really. Uh, Daily Mail is reporting this news on his death. Some other rags, uh, I mean, fine, upstanding journals. Um, you know, he's out with his wife. His wife watches him fall out and die. They've had a night on the town. They went out to some restaurant that charges like $200 a plate. Had a bunch of drinks. Why not? They left their two kids in a hotel room, it says, and these kids were basically babies. I think there's one like, uh, you know, a certain amount of months old and or a year old or so, and then uh, another one was like three or four or something like that. I don't know. Raise your hand if you've abandoned young children in order to go out and get a drink. Okay. My hand's up. You can't see it. But, um, I mean, it sounds reasonable to me. I mean, if I was drinking, it would sound reasonable to me. It's like Jay and Silent Bob when their mom leaves them outside of the quick stop or whatever. The guy comes out and is like, hey, who, who's watching these babies? And she's like, uh, the fat one is watching the little one? No. Um, but now these babies have no father. And I'm not going to sit here on a pulpit and say, well, that's what alcohol does. Except it does, maybe. I mean, people die in weird ways because of fucking alcohol. It's not just going to be liver failure. Okay. It's not just going to be, I don't know, heart problems. It's not just going to be cancer, which they proved that alcohol causes cancer. Okay. It can be all sorts of weird shit. And choking to death on a sidewalk at 37 years old is got to be one of the more lame ways to die i guess i mean it's not like the motherfucker was climbing mount everest you know froze to death so i but i you know to be clear i don't think he should have known better or anything like that you know it's kind of a freak accident could have happened to any one of us i'll tell you that um i almost choked to death because of drinking once 
I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you this story. I fell asleep after drinking like this enormous jug of fucking Carlo Rossi, not the small jugs, like the big big jug. And I was on my back and I started throwing up in my sleep. I'm laying on my back on the floor, you know. I threw up several times lying there on the carpet without rolling over. And uh, was eventually awoken by my airways, you know, being obstructed. The signal finally got to my brain. It was fucked up, man. Fucked up. I had the sense, like, I mean, I barely fucking woke up. The signal barely got to my brain. I had already thrown up a few times. It was obvious before, you know, the signal made it to where I was like, you know. Is like the last part of my suffocation when the alarm finally cut through the fucking dull haze of alcoholic unconsciousness, right? I woke up, turned over immediately, let it all fall out on the carpet. There were tears in my eyes, you know, throat burning, blood rushing back to my face. I had gone fucking blue, basically. No joke. So... I don't know. I just thought this was interesting news because it just kind of highlights the weird ways that somebody can die from being fucking drunk. Um, maybe we'll do an episode on that sometime. Get into more of that weird ways you can die from drinking. That sounds like a real thriller. Nail biter. Fascinating. Dark uh, fucking episode that we could do. I don't know. Let me know. Email biggearpodcast at gmail.com. That sounds like something you want to do. So anyways, rest in peace, uh, Dax, rich guy. I don't know. Had some sort of bright future that we'll never, ever witness. And you, uh, if you're out there still pounding down shots, listening to this podcast, this shit could happen to you, 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 you. I'm kind of, I'm exaggerating, but not, maybe. I'm right. Next. Reflections. 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 Shut the fuck up. All right. It's time for Reflections, the weekly reflection. In case you didn't hear that brilliant lead in there, Um, so I wanted to do something nice today after the brutally embarrassing, brutally, brutally embarrassing story I told last week. Uh, and this will probably not be the only episode I make covering this topic that we're about to do. Um, in fact, I can fucking guarantee it won't be the only one. Um, I want to talk every once in a while about the benefits I've been seeing from cutting alcohol from my life, which everybody loves to hear, right? You know, when I make a list like this, it's not going to be the usual, you know, I have increased energy or I'm getting to know myself or I have clear skin type of stupid fucking list of bullshit. Now, I'm going to get into some of the weird ones, the strange benefits that I honestly could not have seen coming, but I swear to God are totally real. No exaggeration. Literally some things that have been blowing my fucking mind. Maybe you can respond to this podcast. Email me at biggearpodcast at gmail.com. If you know there's a scientific reason for this shit and can explain it to me, I'm going to list, uh, I'm also going to limit this list to five today because I don't want to shoot my load early if you know what I mean. 
Um, I've got hundreds of these podcasts planned down the road, and I want to keep the knowledge coming at regular intervals, not all crammed down your fucking ear holes in one sitting, right? I want sequels, motherfucker. So, anyways, let's get into it. Five unexpected benefits of cutting alcohol out of my life completely in no particular order. All right. Number one, clearer skin. Uh, I know I wouldn't, I said I wouldn't say some stupid shit like that, but let me tell you, there's obvious benefits to my face, the skin of my face. People say I'm like luminescent, like Jesus. Uh, uh, No, let me tell you, I've had for decades uh, acne in some places I don't want to mention. All right, on my ass. My ass, ass acne, just ass acne. It's fucking disgusting. Guess what starts to clear up when I quit drinking, though? Now, I'm not trying to say it's totally gone. Every once in a while, I'll eat like a Ruffles potato chip or some shit. Something pops up. Down here in Ecuador, eating those papas fritas, you know, every once in a while. That shit comes back to haunt me. But for the most part, that particular issue has been on its way out. The internet is forever, Daniel. The internet is forever. Now you've said it. You can't take it back. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Okay. Number two, allergies disappearing. This is a weird one. I really couldn't have called this. I didn't read this in any of the quit lit or on any forums. Um, I grew up with cats. I like them all right. I like dogs better, but I didn't grow up with dogs. Uh, I grew up with cats. Strange black cats with ridiculous names. Just a series of black fucking cats. That's why I have so much bad luck, I think. They were always crossing my path, you know. But somehow in my 20s, I got allergic to cats, okay? I started drinking very, very heavily since I was, uh, God, 16, daily drinking since 16, um, by the time I was in my twenties, I was off the charts, you know, day drinking basically, um, constantly every day. So, uh, yeah, I just developed this allergy to cats for some reason. Uh, I had moved out of my parents' house by then. Um, and, and then also dogs. I was somehow allergic to dogs, pet hair in general, basically. You want to make me uncomfortable. You'd have put me in a place where there was pet hair fucking everywhere, I couldn't be in a room like that at all. I mean, who wants to be in a room like that anyways, you know? But, you know, super, super, super uncomfortable. So, now again, like uh, like the last point I made about the clear skin, um, some of it still remains a little bit, but the level, I'm telling you, it's taken a dive bomb. Okay, we have dogs come visit us sometimes, and they sleep in our bed. doesn't bother me. Okay, before that, that would have been completely intolerable. Okay, bothers me a little bit if they're, like, licking my face, basically. I'll start to kind of have an allergic reaction. But other than that, it's gone, man. Pretty much gone. So, 
Uh, totally unexpected benefit, kind of weird, okay? Um, number three, now this one I've heard about before, but just experiencing it has been completely mind-blowing. This is muscle and joint repair, okay? Um, I work out like any good sober lunatic who now has too much time and energy on his hands. I don't go crazy, but I do about two days on, one day off rotation. On those two days, I do about an hour. I run, I do push-ups, pull-ups, nothing real big. I'm not going into the gym, you know. I can't stand that lab rat kind of feel of like those fluorescent lights above me and shit. I don't know. I've had some serious injuries because of my drinking career. Um, one foot injury where I have a plate in my foot. And one shoulder injury where um, I fucked it up real badly a long time ago. There's no plate, but I tore like the muscle in some way. Anyways, that always comes back to haunt me usually. Uh, the plate hurt, hurts like fuck. I mean, a lot, daily, has always, ever since it got put in, has hurt. Um, if it's cold, it hurts. If I walk on it too much, it hurts. Um, and the shoulder, if I go hard on push-ups, it eventually tells me that, like, we're done for the next month or two with, like, push-ups or pull-ups. Anything, like, shoulder, super shoulder intensive, it'll just freak out on me eventually after a couple weeks, and um, and then I can't do anything for a couple months um the pain is unbearable it won't support shit so now when i was i was drinking these things used to take twice as long to recover as they do now um if i ran one day right for for example back in the day something like three miles not a terribly big deal you know to run three miles that's a 5k uh but that meant i literally could not run the next day if I, if I tried, I would be dragging my foot, like, you know, Gimpy McGee. Uh, it just wouldn't work, all right? Um, I estimate now that I'm not drinking, the muscles and bones and so forth are repairing twice as fast as at least. No shit. I can run my three miles, um, and the next day I can run three miles, you know. Um, I can run three miles three days in a row, but it kind of, that's pushing it, you know, but I mean, it's, it's overall, it's way, way better. I haven't had any shoulder issues and I've been doing like 60 pushups a day, which isn't much, you know, I'm an older guy. I would say that I'm old, I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. I just turned 40 last year. That to me is fucking crazy old. I've never been 40 before, <laughs> obviously. Uh, okay, anyways, number four, my voice. My voice has gotten a lot better, um, and I'm speaking specifically maybe about a singing voice. I'm a musician, um, and I sing on my songs. I play guitar, uh, and I play some other instruments, um, and part of, part of being a singer is hitting different octaves and having some kind of vocal range, is what they call it, um, to hit much higher notes or in much lower notes and to be able to do that, the range between, you know, your lowest note that you can hit and the highest note that you can hit, that's your vocal range, okay? And you might be thinking, oh, this is bullshit. What would alcohol have to do that with that? What would alcohol have to do with that? And the answer is, honestly, I don't know. I just know that it's happened 
Um, I also know that one direct result, uh, actually, now that I think about it, because I was doing so well with quitting drinking, I did quit smoking in October of last year, which has been a bitch, by the way. Uh, I haven't had a single puff since October of last year. Um, And that obviously helps with the old vocal range, right? I mean, you can agree with that. If you're not smoking, you know, you're going to be a better singer. You're going to have a better vocal range. You're not tearing your throat to pieces. Um, And you can attribute that to not smoking if you want. You could say, like, well, that's a smoking issue, Daniel. Why is it on this list? But I guarantee... I'm telling you, I guarantee you, if I was still drinking, I'd still be smoking. Let me say it again for the people in the back. If I was still drinking, I would still be smoking. Okay? They go hand in hand. These motherfuckers are married. Okay? So to pretend like it's not related is disingenuous at best. I could not have quit if I hadn't quit drinking. So... You know, so that's why I say that not drinking is responsible for my voice getting better. That's one reason. And and I also think that alcohol actually had something to do with it as well. Maybe blood flow. I'm not sure. Send me a message if you know what's up with that. Number five, our final one here. Uh, My breath, 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 breath is better my breath is probably 10 times better because well number one i'm not drinking high gravity malt liquor um i'm also more clear-headed so i remember my horror my horror my horror hygiene horror hygiene wow uh for the most part what is horror hygiene is horror hygiene like after you suck dick or something you wash out your mouth with mouthwash that's your horror hygiene <laughs> i'm sorry that was gross uh anyways i remember my oral hygiene for the most part i have to tell you guys that i was a fucking mess when i was an alcoholic i held down some decent jobs taught as a professor was public facing for the most part, but I was fucking two steps from a bum the entire time. Um, in my 20s, I actually was a bum, but in my 30s, yeah, same thing. Uh, hygiene, not that important. Brushing my teeth, eh, yeah, swish a little vodka in there, that'll kill the germs. Not to mention, like, sharing drinks with some rotten tooth, heinous looking motherfuckers, you know, some bum off the street. You know how, you know what that's like. Oh, hit this motherfucker, you know. We're sharing Mad Dog 2020. Whatever tooth diseases this fucking and gum diseases this fucking 70-year-old bum has are now floating around my gums just swishing, just using his spit as mouthwash pretty much. Don't play like when you share drinks, you're not fucking drinking somebody else's spit. I, I read about this shit scientifically or something like that. Like... 80% of the last drink of anything is just pure spit. So like that little ass end of the beer or whatever, this is like pure spit. <laughs> or like 80%, okay? It's fucking disgusting. So I'm just like swishing bum saliva around in my mouth, like fucking mouthwash, you know? Um. Also, just from having more time... 
because my life after 5 p.m. isn't occupied all the time by the hobby known as getting fucked up beyond belief because that because of that extra time I actually have gone to the dentist um, I've gone to the dentist maybe seven times since I've turned 18 and three of those times have been in the last year when I've been sober so take care of your teeth your gums your stinky fucking breath uh, trust me there's not a bitch in the world that likes stinky rotting beer breath or man bitch, you know, if you're loving the men or whatever you're into. Men bitches don't like that shit either, trust me. Oh, man. I remember I had a girlfriend with acid reflux when I was a kid. Well, just for like a day. I was thinking about dating her, I think. And our first kiss, I mean, her breath was fucking awful. Her breath was so bad that I remember it now. Like I said, I'm 40 fucking years old. I remember it now. And I must have been 14, 36 years later, 30, I'm slipping all over my tongue today, all right, 36 years later, bitch, 36 fucking years later, I'm still thinking about your breath, that's fucked up, I never talked to her again, I think she cried, it was her first kiss as far as I can remember, I was a piece of shit. I ghosted that bitch. I was just fucking horrible. But yeah, clean it up, man. <laughs> You're sober now. Brush those teeth. All right. Anyways, okay. So that's the list. They weren't as far out there as I thought they were going to be, but they were still a little unexpected for me, some of them. Um, I couldn't imagine all the quote-unquote blessings that quitting drinking was going to lay on me. This is not something we really understand when we're still on the sauce. I'm telling you, let yourself be surprised. You will get surprised. There's my fucking phone. So I should silence that shit. I'm going to silence that shit now. But yeah, send me, send me something about an unexpected benefit ditching alcohol has had in um a benefit that's come from that, you know, that you've had in your life. Maybe I could talk about it on the podcast. Obviously, we'll be talking about more benefits about of uh, freedom from alcohol as time goes on. So keep following the podcast, and we will uh, see you down the line. All right. But now it's time for Dear Danny. time for dear danny where i answer listener questions in regards to freedom from alcohol or fuck it life in general one disclaimer i am not a licensed professional i am just a man with an opinion and you know what they say about opinions uh disclaimer number two this podcast is so new where this is only episode four y'all wait till we get to episode like 50 Don't torture us that much. No, I will torture you that much. Um. Anyways, this podcast is so new that I don't have listener questions. Okay. I confess. And I don't have any fucking listeners. <laughs> but, however, I found and repurposed some shit off the internet. Um, 
solicited my family and friends for any questions they might have as well. And we've got three fabulous ones coming up right now. Here we go. Dear Danny, Valentine's Day is coming up. And as you know, Valentine's Day can be a bitch for the lonely or heartbroken among us. What are your tips for getting through the holiday without a drink? Oh, the holiday, the holiday, the Valentine's Day. Okay, so first of all, we all know that Valentine's Day is some made-up bullshit, right? I mean, can we agree on that? It's not as bad as Sweet as Day or whatever. It's just blatant fucking Hallmark bullshit, you know? We just need to clear the air with that because that could be one tactic you take that you don't feel upset by some arbitrary made-up day, right? I mean, if you want to make up a reason to drink based on some completely made-up bullshit, you could do it on uh, any of the international drinking days worldwide because, you know, those are real things. I have a list of those, actually, to show you how fucking stupid they are. Okay, ready? Here we go. January 11th, National Hot Toddy Day. January 25th, National Irish Coffee Day. February 4th, International Pisco Sour Day. Pisco Sour? Is it? I don't know. February 8th, International Scotch Day. February 22nd. I would have celebrated the fuck out of that February 8th, boy, if I was still drinking. Woo! Yeah, February 8th. February 22nd, International Margarita Day. February 24th, World Bartender Day. Oh, for that special bartender in your life. Just, just you know, killing you softly with his job. Killing you softly. Um, March 3rd, International Irish Whiskey Day. March 5th, National Absinthe Day. You For the Trent Reznor, Marilyn Manson among us, you know. Fucking put a pinky in the air. March 5th. It's, it's time to drink absinthe. Go lay down in my coffin after a nice draught of absinthe. Um, but yeah, March 27th. Did I say that? International Whiskey Day? So there's two International Whiskey Day? Oh, March 3rd is International Irish Whiskey Day. And don't forget Scotch Day. Uh, May 13th, World Cocktail Day. May 20th, World Whiskey Day. What? What? So many whiskey days. This It's almost like this makes no fucking sense. Uh, June 4th, International Cognac Day. June 10th, World Gin Day. June 19th, National Martini Day. July 8th, World Rum Day. July 11th, World Mojito Day. July 19th, National Daiquiri Day. July 24th, World Tequila Day. August 30th, World Mai Tai Day. Ooh, hashtag Mai Tai Day. World Mai Tai Day. October 4th, International Vodka Day. October 19th, International Gin and Tonic Day. October 20th, International Cal- Calvados Day? I don't know what that is. November 1st, Honkaku Shochu and Awamori Day. Hashtag Shochu Day. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's an alcoholic beverage, folks. Okay, November 18th, International Poit. Poutine Day. I don't know what that is either. December 12th, Coquito Day. Puerto Rican Eggnog, right? Coquito Day. Okay. 
I, I'm sorry if that was like torturing the non-drinkers out there. I'm a non-drinker. This doesn't torture me. It makes me fucking laugh. Can you imagine the stupid fucking asshole that follows these days? Like has a mark down on a calendar. And it's like, oh my God. Can you believe it, guys? It's October 19th. International Gin and Tonic Day. Let's go. Let's do let's everybody let's go out and get gin and tonics. It's October 19th. Like what? I'm gonna I'm gonna check real quick. I'm gonna click on this fucking internet shit and look what day October 19th even is. October 19th 2023 day. Oh, that's a Thursday, everybody. That's gonna be that uh International Gin and Tonic Day today is going to fall on a Thursday. So you know, if you're having a really shitty Thursday in October, why don't you just tell your friends, like, oh, well, you know, let's go out for International Gin and Tonic Day on today, this this Thursday, this beautiful Thursday. My God, I can't even speak about this anymore. It's so fucking stupid. So anyways, that that's uh, after all this rambling. This Dear Danny's actually going to be longer than the reflections section which that never happens but um that's how you should feel about valentine's day okay arbitrary stupid pointless but danny valentine's day is truly in in the culture in my culture i've been around it every year since i was a kid yeah and when you were a kid you didn't get no pussy either right i hope not right little old you was able to suck it up you know, when you was five years old, writing those fucking little handwritten, shitty, amazing, cool valentines that you'd buy from, like, Walmart or whatever, or your parents would get, of course. And you're like, oh, my God, maybe if Meredith reads this, she'll just fucking jump out of her seat and come over and give me my first guess. No. Not going to happen. Okay. So suck it up. Okay. All right. Uh, and can say, for those of you who are like, suck it up is not great advice. <laughs> Here's some other options if you're still worried about this. Okay, option number two. Set yourself up a date with yourself. Wow, that sounds really uh, woo-woo, doesn't it? But let's, let's, let's go down this rabbit hole. Get yourself a romantic or dirty movie, okay? Buy yourself some fucking fantastic food to cook. Okay. Buy that sparkling water you love so much, that fucking pomplamoose. Put on some Frank Sinatra in the kitchen while you're cooking up that fucking prime rib or whatever it is with vegetables seasoned with rosemary and thyme. You know, have a good time. Sashay your ass around the kitchen, you know, dancing in a circle. Fly me to the moon. I always love the, like, you know, Italian-type music while I'm cooking. You know, listen to some Louis Prima. Listen to the song Oh Marie while you're cooking. <laughs> You'll fucking lose your mind. You'll be like, holy shit, what am I in? Like, <laughs> Just listen to the song. You'll understand why I'm laughing to myself. Listen to it next time you're cooking up something. If that doesn't put you in a good mood, I don't know what will. Oh Marie by Louis Prima. Louis Prima. Okay. 
He's the voice of the orangutan in the Jungle Book, the original Disney cartoon Jungle Book movie. Who's saying, uh, Ooby doo, I wanna be like you, doopy dooby doo up, right? Uh, anyway, so when you're done cooking, put that shit on a tray table. Just put the fucking plate on your stomach if you have to and watch that movie that you rented or you got on streaming rented. Like a fucking, that movie that you rented from Blockbuster. Whatever you're watching. And when you're all done with that, it's time to go to bed. You light some candles, bust out your favorite sex toy, your favorite porno. Whatever it is, go ahead, get dirty, satisfy yourself, okay? Go ahead. Nobody's watching you. But this time, because it's Valentine's Day, you got to take it slow, okay? Do it better than any partner could do. Don't lie to yourself. Nobody can do it like you. Nobody can do it like you. You don't have to be shouting out instructions to some dumb motherfucker. Just take it slow. Do what you need to do for the holiday, okay? My God, that's disgusting. I know. I don't know. If I wasn't married, I would do that shit. Love yourself on love day. That's my fucking recommendation. That's But that's the only second option, okay? We're going to get into option three. You got another option. Option three, find somebody to spend time with. And this is broken down into options A, Option 3A and option 3B. 3A is get on Tinder and find you a sober motherfucker to spend some time with. I'm a fucking old man. We didn't have this shit when I was young. It was frowned upon, laughed at to be on dating sites. Really, it was. It was like lonely hearts. It was like for nerds. All right? Now everybody has on Tinder. The mailman is on Tinder. The fucking school bus driver is on that shit. If you don't like Tinder, pick something else. Put yourself out there. If it doesn't work out, just spend some time with someone that you love. And that's option 3B. Um, somebody that you care about, that you're not involved with romantically. Okay, Remember when you were a kid, your mom would be like, here's something for Valentine's Day. You're my little Valentine, buddy. Okay, Maybe that never happened to you. I don't think it happened to me. But believe me, it happens in families. It happens. So make your little son or daughter your quote-unquote date you know for the day take them out on the town you know go do something fun treat them really well you'll feel better you'll feel better about it you know get them some flowers get them some chocolates maybe they didn't get you shit who gives a fuck okay maybe it's a niece and nephew i don't know maybe that's weird i don't know if that's strange take out your niece and go like you're my valentine now that's pretty much like a fast track on being a weird uncle okay so maybe not maybe not that but somebody maybe it's your mom take your mom out take your grandma out you might think oh i'm gonna take my mom out for valentine's day that is so pathetic no you tell some bitch that in the future you will get pussy they'll be like that was so that is so sweet oh my god he's so sweet as long as you say it with confidence you know, when you're talking about that lonely Valentine's Day that you spent with your mom, just say it with confidence. Tell the story with confidence. Don't say it like, and then I had to take my mom out because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. I couldn't make a Tinder profile. Yeah, I was too embarrassed. It's not as pathetic as it sounds. Go out with your mom. Go out with your grandma. All right? One day you're going to be happy you did that shit when they ain't around anymore. Trust me. Take the time to make somebody else feel good. 
Okay, that was option 3B. All right, now, option number four is an option I don't recommend. <laughs> option number four, drink away the pain. Sit in a puddle of your own piss or vomit. Stumble around reminiscing about what was. Crying like a little bitch about that one time that somebody got you flowers. That one Valentine's Day. And now they're not here anymore. And oh my God, you know, bring them back. Bring back all those feelings you guys had together. Drinking yourself into a state of fucking total unconsciousness. Doing nothing positive, just being depressed. Sitting in those fucking feelings, just feeling those. Not fixing them. Not coming out on the other side better or happier. Or with a solution or convinced that life isn't all that bad. No, fuck that. It's time to get drunk. Because as they say, it's a solution to all life's problems. Everybody says that, you know, right? Oh, wait, nobody says that. The closest you get to that is it's the cause of and solution to life's all life's problems. But by all means, get pathetic. Get pathetic for the holiday that doesn't exist. Happy Valentine's Day, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck option four. You ain't doing option four. Pick from one, two, or three and get on it and stop feeling fucking sorry for yourself. I do feel for you. I've had many, many lonely Valentine's Days probably in my 40 years. I don't know. More than three quarters of them. You're not alone, man. Or woman. Whoever. You ain't alone. Okay? Uh, next question. Dear Danny, I recently quit drinking. However, I have not cleared all the alcohol of the house for many reasons. One, sorry, I just wanted to check that I was still recording. Okay, I'm still recording. Jesus Christ. One, I still need to entertain guests. Two, I feel like having it around is good practice for when I'm out and about with my friends to practice resisting temptation. It's like if I have it around and I know it's there, I'm like less desperate about it. Doesn't mean I'm going to drink. What do you think? Okay, let me take this one at a time. Number one, you say you need to entertain guests, basically, is what you're saying. Uh, this is not the fucking 1950s. All right. You're not greeting people at the door in an apron with a fucking tray of scotch and sodas or whatever and cigars. Uh, you want to entertain guests. You really want to entertain guests. You want to be like, I am a good host. Okay. Have good fucking food. Have something to actually do when people come over, whether it's fucking Dungeons and Dragons or group sex. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Figure it out. Tell them they can bring their own booze if they really want to. You know, if you're feeling brave, they can bring their own shit. Because like you said, your friends aren't going to stop drinking just because you did. But I bet you your friends won't when they know that you're sober. Most of them won't. And if they don't come over to your little get-together because you don't have booze, uh, you have to understand how fucking irrational that is. You know, that's the mind of the alcoholic, the mind that you probably still have because you're considering this question, okay? I don't go to Betsy's because she doesn't drink. 
You can't you can't go to somebody's fucking house to eat some ribs and fucking delicious mac and cheese. Or if you're really fucking hard up and you're really fucking drinking like a madman, you can't smuggle a flask in that motherfucker and drink in the bathroom, hide that shit. I mean, for you, you beautiful sober host that you are, what kind of friends are these? Fuck your guests if they can't figure it out. Fuck them. Seriously, fuck them. If you want to be a good host, knock it out of the park with the food. Figure out what the fuck to do when everybody's there. Watch a fucking B-movie and laugh together. You know? Play Settlers of Catan or whatever sober people do. Uh, I like, I, I don't entertain people at my house, but if I did, I would have a... a I would have a shitload of delicious food all set up and I'd be proud like it would be all pimped out. There'd be fucking streamers and tassels and balloons and shit and just we'd be having like a fiesta for nothing. It would be like a party like people would appreciate the party atmosphere. Okay. And then we'd sit around and watch pink flamingos and finger each other's assholes. All right. That's what we would do. That's my idea of a good fucking time, okay? Um, anyways. And some of you might say, like, Danny, I don't, I don't know how to cook. I just don't know how to cook. And you're telling me to make some good food. Well, learn, bitch. You're sober now. You have, free, you have more free time. You have free time to learn how to cook for the first time in your life. My God, how amazing that's gonna that's gonna be to develop that skill. Okay. All right. Point number two from your question. Let me sum that up as I'm practicing for temptation, and find it comfortable to have around but not touch. Okay. What are you five years old? Seriously, what? What are you, comma, five years old, question mark? Is it your fucking blankie? Is it your favorite stuffed animal? I used to have a rabbit, okay? I named Cleo when I was a little boy. I took that fucking rabbit everywhere. It was a red Duplo rabbit, okay, from the Duplo block set, that red rabbit. Okay, had little handles on it. I was supposed to be like a carrying case for other shit. I would put books in that bitch, and I would take her around everywhere. I was a big reader when I was a kid. Still am a big reader, you know. But I took that rabbit everywhere. Guess who I don't have here with me in Ecuador? I don't take that bitch with me anywhere anymore. I don't know where she is. She's fucking gone. She's in some fucking dump somewhere, dead. That rabbit motherfucker. <laughs> She's gone. We don't need to fucking play around like that anymore. I'm not a kid anymore, okay? It'd be cute, but it'd be fucking embarrassing, okay? It would be embarrassing if I took her around places, just as you should be embarrassed if you're alcohol-free and have alcohol in your house to make you feel comfortable or some shit. Okay, I think you're underestimating how sneaky alcoholism really is. If I don't tell you straight, I don't know who will, so you're fucking welcome. Dump it out. 
I don't hang out in a crack house when I'm trying to quit smoking crack. I don't go to bars to test myself. Okay. In my sober life, yes, I may find myself in a bar, dragged there by some fucking uncomfortable ass fool who doesn't know about hiking and sports and playing music and playing games and making love and all the other great shit that we get to do now because we're sober. They have a lack of imagination, so they might drag me there. And I suffer through it because I like my friend. And I order a fucking sparkling whatever without alcohol. I go alcohol-free the whole way. I'll be dragged there, but I am not going there myself. I'm not waking up and being like, hey, I should go to that place where alcohol is served you know, 95% of the time and just hang out there. Just watch it. Just go by, by my face, you know, to the left, to the right, right past my fucking face constantly. That sounds like a great time. No. And I was a big at home, at home drinker. I was not a big bar guy. Okay. I got served at home by myself by reaching into my fridge. Okay. So I had to clean my home out, you know, not even cooking wine in that bitch. All right. I I just had to. I had to dump it all out. If you can't bring yourself to dump it all out the first week or the second week, you know, make that your month gift to yourself. For your first month sober, dump the shit out. Cuz by then you should be, you know, thinking about which of these things are actual real thoughts that will help me stay sober. Or which of these are just fucking alcoholic delusions? Like keeping booze near me will somehow keep booze away from me. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Damn, this dude's harsh today. Right? Dear Danny. A little kicking a little ass. Taking some names. All right. Dear Danny, I know you're a writer. And an artist, oh, thank you, artist, I'm an artist, who keeps a disciplined schedule. Um, I'm having trouble staying motivated since I quit drinking. Fear my creativity has been stripped away. I would appreciate any hope or encouragement. See, I still didn't silence my cell phone. That's how fucking stupid I am sometimes. All right. Anyways, I would appreciate any hope or encouragement. Creativity stripped away, blah, 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 blah. I'm definitely doing an episode about this later. Definitely. It's a huge deal to me. This actually prevented me from quitting for a very large portion of my life. I went through this. Um, I went through this multiple times, and this last time I've gone through it, I've, I think I've broken out through on the other side. And so let me just tell you just a little bit, and then uh, and we'll, we'll kind of... Um, did you hear that snore noise? Did you hear that? I got this uh, dog here. She's a Pekingese. She has breathing problems. She snores when she sleeps. It's adorable. But uh, anyways, I have mad ADD mind going on today. Drank a lot of caffeine. All right. Anyways. So let me take you through it. Last year, I quit in June. 2022, right? As I say at the beginning of every podcast, June 23rd, 2022. Uh, I gave myself some time to adjust by not doing any creative projects the first few weeks, even though I had been doing them, you know, fairly most days before that. Um, I rededicated myself in maybe mid-July 
to the creative life that I had been pursuing as a complete and utter alcoholic drunk, okay? I put pen to paper, and I started off kind of strong. I was drinking a lot of caffeine. I had some ideas. I went for it. You know, then I realized the stuff that I was writing, and I was writing some screenplays, um, was as soulless as it gets. I mean, just fucking drivel. Nothing really good was coming out. Um, And I felt empty. I felt uninspired. I felt like shit. Uh, And honestly, I considered going back to drinking. And this has happened to me several times in the past, which is why it's kind of one of my big reasons, quote-unquote, for relapse, which these reasons have holes in them like crazy. But often you got to stick around to see the holes in this type of alcoholic reasoning, okay? There, there was a devil in my head saying, like, oh, you can't tap into that creative energy, that pool, the God pool, you know, wherever cre- creative ideas come from. Let's imagine great writing and all beautiful art is in, like, a, an enormous lake, right? And there's motherfuckers on the shore just fishing in that lake. There's some people out there that are so great with their art that they're just swimming in that lake. I felt like I was a few states away looking at a postcard of the lake, okay? It wasn't the same. Uh, you may have to deal with a drought like that. But the thing is, you have to keep going, okay? You have to keep the discipline, you have to write the bullshit out of your system. You have to work on your craft every day. And I mean that. Do not stop. This is crucial. Do not stop. About four months in, after several failed attempts and all this existential, existential crisis bullshit, I wrote the best story I've ever written, hands down, completely sober, Okay. About five months in, I discovered ideas for the book that I had been writing that took it to a level that I didn't believe was possible. Okay. Relationship dynamics in the story that only occurred to me sober. Um, the significance of tragedy. The profound repercussions of lost love. Um, I wept writing a few passages, sober. And then some days I write like shit again. Okay? Some days I write like shit again. That's the problem with being a writer. That's going to happen no matter what. The point is when I was drinking, I missed writing days, okay? The ones that I wrote on, I still had bad writing days out of those days. So let me, let's do the math, for example. When I was drinking, I write maybe 180 days a year, okay? One quarter of those days, I wrote like total shit, and that's being generous. It's probably more like half, but let's do one quarter. That's 45 days of awful writing, 135 days of good writing, okay? That's being, again, really fucking generous. Now, nowadays, sober, I write every day because I have the discipline, and I'm not waking up hungover. All right, that's 365 days a year I'm writing something. Now, I still write like shit a quarter of those days. That leaves roughly 274 days of good writing a year. 
So take a look at that, 274 to 135 from the from when I was drinking. 274 good writing days to 135 good writing days. That's twice as much, basically, good creative output being sober. Twice as much in a year. Now, that's just good versus good, but what we're talking about here is great versus good because now when my writing is good, it's fucking really, really good, okay? It's not some drunk, empty fantasy of good writing, quote-unquote, that's superficially good. It's actually more real, more romantic, more passionate, more, more, more of everything. I'm reaching these understandings of drama, the human condition that I couldn't imagine before. So just keep going right through it. You may have a horrific few months and the devil wants you back to the sauce, but I swear to God, you'll be a much, much, much better creator once the pendulum swings back the other way. And you'll be one that can do what a creative life demands, such as hit deadlines, such as reaching out to people that will help your career, such as giving and taking advice, and other kinds of things that are really fucking difficult for the drunk the alcoholic to do consistency is the enemy of the alcoholic you can love your family but you cannot consistently love them the way that you should you can love your job but you can't consistently do your best that the way the way that you feel that you should okay consistency is the enemy of alcoholism so what we're talking about here is reaching another level. That's why this is called the Big Year Podcast, because this is your big year. Big year means this year, this is the year that where everything changes for you. Everything changes for you. It's been happening with me. It will happen with you. Stick in there. Stay, or stay stick in there. Stay, stick, stuck. Stay. I don't know. Now maybe the caffeine's wearing off. Okay. Hang in there. There we go. Hang in there. I believe in you. All right. That's Dear Danny. That's our show for today. If you want to send in a question to Dear Danny, be featured on the podcast. Write us at bigyearpodcast at gmail.com. You can give us your real first name and we'll give you a shout out. Also, uh, wherever you find this podcast, maybe if you have time, take the time, give it a five star rating. Uh, That increases its visibility and that makes it so people like you can listen to it and maybe they'll gain a little something from it like I hopefully you have. Like I hopefully... What the fuck? So that people like you can listen to it and maybe they'll gain a little something from it. Hopefully you have. Hopefully, comma, you have. I really got to work on like speaking. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast, to be totally honest with you, is to learn how to express myself more clearly. I've been speaking in a jumbled kind of way for a long time. Now, what I suspect is that when we get to episode 100, you're going to listen to that. And then if you listen to episode one or two or something like that, you're just going to go, 
oh my God, this guy has changed a lot. Like his brain came back online. My brain is still in the process of coming back online. So I won't fucking take any judgment about that, okay? You understand me? I won't take any. All right. Anyways, thanks for listening. See you next uh, next Wednesday night for some more of that bullshit. Remember, this is your big year. Be honest with yourself. Love yourself. Challenge yourself. And peace.